It's going to be Christmas tomorrow, so we're going to do this a couple more times. Turn to your neighbor, tell them Merry Christmas. Turn to your other neighbor, tell them Merry Christmas to you too. And just find some random person in the sanctuary and tell them Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I also want to take some time. Can we thank our amazing serve teams? Uh, this is the last of 17 services that Pearlside has had Christmas, all Christmas uh, weekend long. Here at the main campus, we had eight, and then we had an additional nine in different congregations and different sites. So can we just thank our amazing serve teams that are here tonight serving so that we can be in church? And uh, I just want to say, just an extension from our, our, our family here at Pearlside, thank you so much for joining us and celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ in the house tonight. And in less than four hours, we can officially celebrate Christmas. Um, before anything else, I wanted to kind of talk about the line that we closed out worship tonight with. It says, glory or gloria in excelsis Deo. And I'm glad that we had the translation. It's Latin and we had the English translation in parentheses on screen. But that's such a powerful phrase. It's a powerful truth in God's word. Glory to God in the highest. And I think many of us can be so grateful and thankful that we have a God in heaven, in his glory, that created this world and created the universe, created us, and we are able to experience life here on earth. And that's powerful and that's amazing. That's an amazing truth that we can hold on to for the rest of our life. But here's this other truth about who God is and this foundational part about Christmas that so often we can forget. Is this glory that God is, that, the, that this song is talking about in heaven, the glory of God in the highest, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, was brought down to our earth. God saw the brokenness in this world. He saw the hurt, the pain that sin would cause. And he loved this world so much that he would send his son Jesus from the glory in heavens to the most humblest beginnings in a barn in a manger just so that we could experience his glory here on earth, his hope, his joy, his peace, his goodness here on earth. And I just want to say before we continue on with this uh, evening's message that our heart tonight, I believe God wants to posture us, remind us, recalibrate us for the real and the truest reason for this season and really every season that we will have here on earth is to know God and to make him known. It's to understand his love and to experience his love personally. I know some of us here, we're coming in with the highest of highs. And man, Christmas is awesome and amazing. And there also might be some of us here that are truly looking for hope, looking for answers, looking for just a peace of mind and all the chaos that we may be experiencing. And I want to encourage us all tonight that the glory of God in the heavens is right here on earth with us. And he came in the form of a baby in a manger that we celebrate on Christmas. And that is one of the most, aside from the resurrection of Jesus, that is one of the most amazing things that we will have here on earth. A truth that will never be taken away. That the hope of the world is here amongst us. Amen? And tonight we're going to be reading or opening up with a very, very long passage. Very, very, very long. We're going to be looking at Luke 2, 6 to 20. And it's going to be up on screen, and I'd like to share this before most of the messages that I preach, that when we open up with the Word, I want to encourage us, don't let it just be words on a screen or words in your bulletins and in your notes. When we're reading the Word of God tonight, which is focused on the birth of Jesus Christ, I want to ask us to let the Word come alive, because the Word of God is alive. He's very much alive, living and breathing. Jesus Christ, He's here. So when, the, when we're reading the Word and, and reading the words, may it come alive to us. Amen? Luke 2, 6 to 20, again, talking about the birth of Jesus. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. 
and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had learned or they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem was a promise that took 700 years. Everyone say 700 years. 700 years to be fulfilled. Again, from the beginning of time, God had an answer for all the sin, brokenness, and pain that this world would endure. And that answer was Jesus Christ, and he came. It was a promise that came to pass. It's a game changer for every single one of us. And we're going to break down this passage a little bit more tonight. But before we do, I thought it would be so fitting, and also because we have like this nice screen on TV or on the stage, to watch the birth of Jesus Christ and see this passage kind of come alive. So for the next few minutes, take a look up on screen. Come <laughs> on. 
Oh, son. Thanks be to God. is the promised king of his people. What is his name? Jesus. His name is Jesus. Powerful, yeah? You know, I can't help, the, every time I watch this video, I get a little bit emotional, I get a little pulled back. Alyssa mentioned it in the very beginning, and the word says it's so clear. The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings was born in the most humblest of ways. Like, just think about it. The Son of God came to this world, born in a manger, and we get to see who he was greeted by. His father, his mother, some animals, some strangers, essentially. The Savior of the world was born in an absolute mess. But God said that that entryway for the king, his son, would be worthy. It would be worth it. It would be perfect. And I just want us to ponder on this thought as we continue on with the word of God tonight. If God would send his son to save the world, and the first place that he would inhabit is a messy Dirty barn. I believe that's a picture for us this evening of how God wants to enter into our lives. Our lives don't need to be perfect. We don't need to have it all together. In fact, our mess becomes part of his message that he wants to restore and redeem and give hope and give peace and give joy and give a tomorrow for every single one of us. This is what Christmas is all about. And when we truly understand that, that this is what we celebrate, not just Christmas weekend, but every day of our life as believers. Or even people just pondering about the hope of Jesus Christ and wanting to lean and learn about more about who God is. This is the gift that we have. This is what we celebrate. That no matter what we may be facing, hope begins 
when Jesus is born in whatever situation we invite him into into our lives. Amen. Man, God is good. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, God is good. Turn to your other neighbor, tell them, God loves you. So tonight, we're going to be looking at lessons that we can learn about the, from the birth of Jesus. We're going to be looking at three specific things, three different points. We're going to hear an amazing testimony, and then we're going to close out tonight with just a moment where we can worship and praise God together this evening. But first, number one in your notes goes like this. Hope begins when we make room. Everyone say, make room. Hope begins when we make room for Jesus in our heart. Going back to our initial, initial passage, verses 6 to 7. So while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So picture this, right? Mary needs to give birth. She's about to give birth to the Messiah, the King of Kings. She's nine months pregnant. For our moms here, you know nine months pregnant is nine months pregnant. You are ready to go, okay? And all of these people in Bethlehem, like they were searching for a place. Joseph and Mary were searching for a place where their son could be born. And nowhere had room for them. There was no room, no hotels, no beds, no homes for Jesus to be born. That Mary and Joseph... or bother you in the day-to-day -day ebb and flow of life, we are all broken without Jesus. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This, brothers and sisters, friends, this is why Jesus came. So that no matter what we may face here on earth, the promise of eternity today could give us hope for tomorrow, hope for next week, hope for next month, Hope for next year. Hi, Sean. <laughs> and beyond all of that, we can share this hope with other people. You know, I shared this last week, but I want to mention it tonight, too. You know, I mentioned that last year, my wife and I did drive-by gift giving. You know, like, how busy you are that you kind of, like, give your Christmas gifts, like, whenever you can. And when the person that you're trying to deliver it isn't home, you're just like, I left it at your front door. And you're praying that no one picks it up. My wife, by the way, recently dropped off a gift in someone's door, and the gift was gone. Ah, you know? But I made a promise. We made a promise that when we deliver gifts this year to our friends and family that we're trying to reach, or uh, especially our neighbors and just people that don't know Christ in our life, we intentionally wanted to not just buy them gifts, but spend 15 minutes with them delivering the gift. And it's not just to check off a list of things that we did, like, oh, I spent 15 minutes with someone I'm reaching out to. 15 minutes of conversation to intentionally allow God to move in that time for the gift, not the gifts that we're giving, but the presence of God to fulfill that moment while we're with them. I went to my barber, delivered gifts, stayed there for 15 minutes, and got a nice haircut. I went to former neighbors that I had in, in our, the previous place that my wife and I used to live, and I knew God was like, we need to give gifts to them and reconnect with them. And I was praying and believing that in our old apartment where we used to live, that our neighbors would still be there. And I went to get uh, just some time on this past Thursday to go deliver these gifts. And I went to, huh, I might get emotional while I'm sharing this. I went to our neighbor's home. And I was praying, God, at 11 o'clock, like on a work day, God, please let her be home. She was like a mom to 
my wife and I while we were living there. She was just so amazing, always checking in on how we were doing, how we were feeling. And when I got there, her red car was in, was in the driveway. I knocked on the door, and she said, Russell, what a surprise to see you. Thank you, Justin. Woo! Hey, let's go! I would not have a voice if we went continuing with this, but I went to the home, and she was there, and she invited me in. And when she invited me in, and again, like her and her husband were just amazing people to Chantel and I. And it started this conversation about how she was doing, and basically, long story short, that 15 minute, like we were expecting there to be there for 15 minutes, ended up being for almost one hour, where she was just sharing how broken she was, how much pain she was going through, because her, uh, her kids and their, her grandkids had left from the islands to move to the mainland, and she just felt so alone. And I knew, I knew in my heart, I was like, I need to ask, does she know Jesus? Does she want to come to Christmas services? And God led to that moment where she's like, I just wish that I just could go to a church and just celebrate God like other people. And I was like, oh, this is what I've been praying for. This is the moment, John 3:16 in real life. And I just shared with her like, hey, if you have, I don't know if you can make it this weekend, but we have these church services here. I've been going to ProSite for 20 years. And I just know that God is good, God is real, and this is an amazing church to be a part of. And we got to pray together. And after we were done, she was just weeping and crying, weeping and crying. I'm weeping and crying and weeping and crying. Why? Because I made room in, for God in my life. And when you make room for God in your life, you just can't help but make room in your life for other people. Because this is the greatest gift. There's no other present that can compare to the presence of God. Amen? No gift that we can give that will pass on into eternity. The only thing that goes into eternity are people, which is why people are the greatest gifts that we can present to Jesus. Not just on Christmas weekend, but every day of our life. People we're reaching, praying, and believing for. Who are those people in your life? Can I just make a suggestion? Pause enough for God to reside in your heart. And as you do that, watch and let God Breathe life upon the relationships and people that he's called you to reach, us to reach. Amen? Turn to your neighbor tell them, let's do this. Number two in your notes goes like this. We experience hope when we follow Jesus in our life. Everyone say follow. We experience hope when we follow Jesus in our life. Back to verses 13 and 16. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which was the Lord, which the Lord had told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Also Matthew 2, 10 to 11, when they saw the star, this is speaking of the, the wise men, the magi. They were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I want to take some time to focus on the fact that there was a star in the sky, the north star that led these wise men to Jesus. The light on Christmas... It's supposed to lead us to Christ, not distract us from him. Now, here's the crazy thing, right, about Christmas. There's lights everywhere. Lights on our Christmas tree. Lights on our homes. 
lights on our devices while we're watching Home Alone 2 and the Santa Claus and Elf. We have lights at the malls that are open late so that we can see the best sales. We have lights on our devices because our devices basically control our lives. So often the lights that come up during this season distract us from Jesus. When from Christmas uh, evening itself, Chris, Christmas day itself, it was the star, the light, the north star that led people to Jesus. And these weren't people that knew God and believed in God. These were people that just had heard about the prophecies and knew when that north star was shining, it was time. That this Messiah, that the Israelites and the Jews knew about, he was here. So they dropped everything and they left. Just to see if this promise was actually fulfilled. And they saw it face to face. You know, for many of us, in order to follow Jesus, we need to turn our eyes away from the distractions of our life. Every single day. And choose to follow Jesus. I've shared this in previous messages. But we, studies have shown, touch our phones 700 times a day. 700 times through texting, scrolling, swiping, watching, viewing. If we touched our word that way, if we touched God through prayer that way, if we live a life every single moment expecting to touch and encounter God 700 times, imagine what our world would look like personally. Imagine what our state would look like. Imagine what our country would look like. Imagine what the world would look like. Because we know our world is broken. Many of us know our lives are broken. But again, the gift of Christmas is Jesus came. And because he came, hope is alive. Say, hope is alive. Hope is alive. And I just want to mention this as well. You know, I know a lot of us, you know, over this past week, we've had to carry the heavy news of things that have happened locally. I know many of us were moved and just so, like, bothered by what happened at Pearl Ridge just a couple days ago before Christmas weekend began. And we don't need to go into the details of that too much. But my heart breaks. My heart breaks for the families. My heart breaks especially for the kids and everyone that's involved. My heart breaks. But you know what my prayer is right now? is that Christ followers and believers around this, these families, around these people would rise up and instead of pointing fingers, blame, hatred, anger, guilt, whatever the case is, that these amazing men and women that know Jesus would rise and come up and share about the love of God with these people that have been affected by this and just point them to Jesus. We know the state of our world. We know the things that are going on. But if we could trust that the light of Christmas is supposed to radically change our lives every single day, how much more for those people? So every time that we come across news personally, with family members, with friends, with coworkers, with classmates, with neighbors, with just things that we see in the news today, my encouragement for us, even my challenge for us, is that we would look to the star of Christ the light of Christ, and we would simply ask God, how can I lead others to you? How can I point those who are so far off from God one step closer into the greatest gift that they could ever have? That's not just someone else's job. That is our responsibility as Christ followers and believers to not get, leave the greatest gift to ourselves, but to give it away every moment that we can. Amen? 
I know in a room even like this, there's some of us who feel like the weight of the world is upon us. Just know that God wants to start lifting those things off of just our spirit. And he wants to lift our eyes upon him off of the circumstances, off of the situations. God wants to give hope. He wants to provide hope tonight for us to receive and fill to overflow. Amen? Last point tonight. God calls us to share the hope of Christ with others. I kind of alluded to it already. But verses 17, 18, and 20. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Again, these wise men, when they found Jesus, when they saw that this promise, this prophecy was fulfilled, they couldn't help but share with everyone around them that Jesus was with them, that Jesus was here, that Jesus was present, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's why we saw in the video, all the random people came. All the people that probably said, oh, there's no room for you to give birth. They came when they heard the Messiah was here. They came. And when we receive the greatest gift, when we have the greatest gift in our life, we can't help but share it everywhere that we go. It's second nature. You know, one of the greatest gifts I ever received when I was, like, younger. I want to say younger, younger. When I was younger in the 90s, okay. One of the greatest, and I wish I had a photo of it. I should have gotten a photo of this. But the greatest gift I ever got, I think I was like eight years old, was this Megazord, okay? And the Megazord was like this Power Rangers thing. And if you grew up in the 90s, like Power Ranger was like, it was the best, okay? And what the Megazord was, was every Power Ranger had their own Zord. And when the Zord, or when the Power Rangers wanted to combine and like defeat evil, they would do this thing with the Megazords where they would all combine and create a Megazord. And the crazy thing about this was it like took over my life. I was like, this is the greatest gift. And I took it literally everywhere that I went. I would put it in my backpack when I would go to school. And in between classes and recess, I would show my friends, look what I got. It's the Megazord. I would take it to get my hair cut. I remember so many moments where like my family went to McDonald's on a Saturday morning. And like after I was done eating my pancakes, I would like be with my Megazord, like just pretending like I was a Power Ranger. I told everyone about it. And I'm convicted this evening that I can't always be like that with Jesus. My emotions get in the way. My busyness gets in the way. Sometimes like my fears and anxieties get in the way from me sharing with people at McDonald's or my barber or at school in my backpack that, hey, I got Jesus with me. You want some of this? You know, like sometimes I'm not confident. But I know that God has radically changed my life. And because he has, the only reasonable response with my life on this side of eternity is to share this gift and praise God everywhere that I go. And I'm not perfect. I know many of us aren't. But it's something that we should continue to try every single day. If we make room for Jesus in our heart, the next thing is God allows room to be made in our lives for people. And when we know the story of how God met us in our addictions and our brokenness and our depression and my this and my that, and we thought there would be no tomorrow for us, but God met us there in our manger and said that was worthy for him to reside. 
How can we not share that with people around us? And in our church, in many churches all around the world, there are stories upon stories and testimonies upon testimonies and messages upon messages of people's lives that have encountered the hope of Christ and the rest is history. Oftentimes, it's the hardest moments of our life when we come to an end of ourselves that the story of Jesus can begin. Isn't that true? You know, tonight we're going to hear or actually watch and hear this amazing testimony of a family in our church of BJ and Rochelle Morales. It's a mir miraculous story. BJ was diagnosed with COVID and he almost lost his life. But the hope of Christ met them in the manger of their pain and worries. And like we've been saying, hope came in and the rest is history. Pray that we will all be encouraged by this testimony that we could look at our lives and where we're at and say there is still hope yet. Amen. Take a look up on screen. police officer is fighting for his life. A Honolulu police officer is in the hospital fighting COVID-19. Officer B.J. Morales is assigned to the Wahiwa police station. Friends and family say he's taken a turn for the worse. In the beginning, it was just like, oh, okay, I'm going to get better. And then I wasn't getting better. I was like, oh, man. That was just the start of, like, a long journey. Morales has been in a medically-induced coma. We're told Morales was healthy, active, and young. He was on three different life support machines. Nurses would tell me that, you know, he is the sickest patient in all of Hawaii. And there's very little that we can do but wait and hope that things turn around. I just thought I was going to die. I'll just say, hey, God. Please help me get better, you know, so I can see my family. Nobody knows the outcome. You're hearing people are dying. You're hearing people are hospitalized. Fear just overtook our family. Before COVID, being so full of the busyness of life. God had been on the back burner. My wife would bring it up. She would say, oh, we should go to church. So I was just like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't know if we have time. My priority was like, oh, work, 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 work. You know, it's expensive feeding three kids. The kids didn't have that time with their father as much as they probably wanted to. My thought process was that, hey, you know, like, as long as I'm providing for my family and they're fed, they have their toys, then they're fine. I'll be there when they need me, you know. While he was in the hospital, his chances of survival is really very, very slim. My auntie had invited me to ProSide. Hey there, ProSide family. Thank you so much for joining us once again. I would make the time for my kids and I to go to church and go to small group. It felt like another family to me that also gave me more hope. God is near to you right now more than he's ever been before. So the whole time I was out, I just remember like my dreams were, I could hear my family. The nurses had said, if you want, I can put the phone next to his ear 
and you can talk to him and I'll leave the phone there and just let us talk. I could hear them, I know they're at. <laughs> I just wanna hug them, I just wanna be with them. Whenever the nurse did the rotations, they would call me if they were going into the room. We could talk as a family to him. Keep hugging, we love you, and we're also I would tell him every day that I believe that God has more purpose for him. 35-year-old B.J. Morales has spent 80 days so far in the hospital. With some good news, his family says he's showing some signs of improvement. I had that sense and peace from God, knowing that he was going to do something miraculous. And you came along Put me back together It was a lot that I had to unpack with him when he woke up, explaining to him how I got through this whole, this whole situation <laughs> while you were in the hospital, telling him everyone's just coming from all around the world, just saying that they're praying for you. So it just like kind of blew my mind. I was like, man, my chances of survival of beating this was slim. You know, this, this has to be the works of God, you know? That was where God was softening his heart, opening his eyes to see that God was in control of this whole situation this entire time. I didn't fully give my life to him before. God, I know you spared me. Um, I want to find out why. He had lost so much time with his family. That's one of the things that BJ really was more aware of. All he wanted to do was spend time with his family. Yeah, I was able to appreciate what my kids needed. It wasn't just the material things that they needed. What they really needed was just my presence and being at home. He's able to balance more of his work and family and God. Everything else seems to fall into place. In this past year, he started going to small group. That was his biggest step of faith. Having that in his life now has really made a huge difference. Like you can see God working in his heart. All this nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better. When you feel God's presence, seeing him touch your life and your children and your husband, it's such a huge blessing. Knowing that, especially now we have that hope, it's so unreal and amazing. Dear Heavenly Father. So right now I'm still in that phase where I'm still learning, still learning how to walk with Jesus. I have a greater appreciation for life thankful that I'm still alive and still here with my family. You know, I'm just like, oh man, like, you know, God's not done with me yet.
That's what God does. I don't know if you caught this in the video, but his wife had his daughters praying for their dad over the phone. Well, those weren't just voiceovers of random kids. Those were his kids. You know, like childlike faith, it says like, even if the doctors say no, God can. Even if science says no, God can. Somehow, some way, God will make a way. And if he doesn't, man, the gift of eternity is still so good. But that wasn't this story, at least. God wanted to pour out hope into this family so that they could have hope for their dad. And I remember, like, you know, I heard about this testimony. It's a side note, but I heard about this testimony. And I didn't have the face to the name. And just like, I think it was last year, I finally met BJ face to face. And then he was like, oh, hey, you helped me get connected into small group. I was like, oh, what was your name? And he was like, BJ, BJ Morales. And I was like, oh, you're the guy. You're the guy. And you would never have known. But these video clips show us where they were, the manger of the hospital, the manger of their circumstances, the manger of their situation. And they believed enough to trust that the light of Christ would lead them to the safest place of this situation in his arms so that hope could be poured out and a miracle could come to pass. The fact that every single one of us are breathing tonight, that's a miracle in itself. And no matter what you may be facing or going through, maybe it's just as severe in your opinion as this, or maybe it's not. Just know God still wants to meet you where you are. And he wants to raise you 